0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10
1: per order. Additional terms apply.
0: You guys have heard me talk about Red Door Grill for almost a year now on 610 Sports Radio, and they're the proud sponsor of the Bobcast. And I'll tell you what, I'm a proud eater at Red Door Grill. In fact, my family and I love going to Red Door Grill, not just on Mondays for burgers or Thursdays for fried chicken, but just about every single day of the week. Because every time we walk into a Red Door Grill location, we're walking out of there feeling satisfied, feeling great, and knowing we got some of the best food in Kansas City. $5 burgers on Monday is where the week starts. You're not going to find a better deal than that. The best burger in town for just $5. You want some fries, it'll cost you a buck more. And then on Thursday, we have the jalapeno dipped fried chicken. That fried chicken starts marinating on Monday. It marinates on Tuesday. It marinates on Wednesday. It's got the herbs and spices to get into that chicken. And then, boom, they flash fry it on Thursday to give you the best fried chicken that you'll ever have. And then, of course, happy hour every weekday, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6. That's where we cash in sometimes on Fridays as well. Enjoy those great drinks. Enjoy the great appetizer specials from 3 to 6 every single Weekday at Red Door Grill. And with three locations, there's one close to everybody. 159th in Antioch, 119th and uh, Row and Town Center Plaza in Leewood and Camelot Court. And, of course, you can find the location in Brookside as well. It's Red Door Grill. So many people do so many good things for childhood cancer right here in Kansas City. The need for funding of childhood cancer, not just in Kansas City, but nationwide, is at an all-time high. Kids only get 4% of the national funding, so every dollar raised right here in Kansas City is vital to help childhood cancer. And one of those folks who is doing a good thing for childhood cancer and research here in Kansas City is Mike Stanley. His daughter Callan had eye cancer, and she was diagnosed a few years ago. Their world was changed, but they used the cancer in Callan's eye for good. They've gone on to help so many people battle cancer, and Callan has now partnered with Braden's Hope for Callen's course for hope, one of the great golf tournaments in Kansas City. Here's Callen's story, as told by her dad, Mike. September fifteenth, twenty fourteen. Mike Casey's excited. The Royals are gearing up for their first postseason in hundred years. Everybody's excited, and you guys get news that obviously changes your entire life. What was that day like for you when you got the diagnosis
1: that your daughter has cancer? Um. Yeah, that was uh, that was uh, that was a bomb that got dropped on us. Um, I I think the part that was pretty amazing about that story was how we got to that point um so you know i'm father of two girls happily married we were in a wedding in nebraska on that weekend my whole family was in this wedding the girls were the flower girls i was a groomsman my wife was a bridesmaid and um the wedding rehearsal dinner night so it was a friday um it was kind of a dimly lit restaurant and my wife was looking down at my daughter And she was looking up at her, and I guess the lighting was just right. Um, My coworker in Texas would say, it's a god thing, y'all. Like, it was something happened, and my wife saw something in my daughter's eye that didn't sit well with her. Um, So we had the wedding on Saturday. Sunday, we're driving back from Nebraska. I could tell my wife's, like, Googling WebMD type of things. And, you know, what's really fortunate for us is that my wife's girlfriend and our neighbor is an eye doctor. And so she texts her girlfriend who just had a baby and she's like, hey, I think I saw this thing in Callan's eye. Can you come over and check it out? And so once she was describing it to her, she's like, yeah, I'll swing by my office. I'll get some eye drops. And she literally comes in our backyard through our gate, through the back sliding door, dilates her eyes in our kitchen and um, says, yeah, I see something. You probably should come in tomorrow morning. That right there is is a miracle, mm-hmm. right? Who, who has an eye doctor that's a pediatric eye doctor that works with one of the best pediatric practice eye practices here in Kansas City? There's only a few of them.
0: Well, who has a wife that recognizes something in an eye at a wedding and right, just says, right. yeah,
1: something's not right, yeah, you know? Yeah, and so, yeah, exactly. I remember my pediatrician saying, you know, if they're eating, drinking, peeing, pooping, and they're not bleeding, they're probably healthy. They're fine. fine. So she fit all those criteria, right? But... Mother's intuition, don't, you know, if, if any guys out there listening, if you got insurance and a $35 copay and your wife sees something, send send them because mm-hmm. he, that always trust mother's intuition and it's worth it. So, so yeah, it was um, so we got in, which this is a really busy practice, but because my wife's friend is an eye doctor and, you know, she got her into her uh, partner and we had a 10 a.m. appointment. And I was really worried about that day. I was supposed to fly to San Antonio for work, you know, so I'm worried about packing my PowerPoint presentation and all this stuff. Right. And um, I was never, ever expecting at an eye doctor appointment with my daughter, who was two. She was a month away from her third birthday. She said, yeah, it's cancer. And, um, you know, I literally in this cell phone era, I took a picture of my watch, you know, and I knew that. At 1157 on that Monday that our life was changing forever. Um, and it has been a wild ride. I can't believe we're coming up on five year anniversary of it. Um, but yeah, it's definitely changed our life and you know, a lot of blessings have come our way through this journey, mm-hmm. you know? So, but yeah, it was a, uh, it's been a wild ride for sure, Bob.
0: Well, well no doubt. I mean, and, and look, you and I have a history together. We're fraternity brothers at the University of Kansas. So this isn't yeah. the first time we're meeting or talking. And right. obviously when you're in college, it's about drinking beer and having fun and having a good time. And you don't really deal with real life stuff. And then you get married, and then you have kids, and then you have jobs. And then real life starts to kick in and to see one of my fraternity brothers who I, you know, remember drinking and you know hazing us all the time, right? Let's call it what it is, and having fun with us as pledges, right. To see you go through this, it it really puts into perspective like how quickly we can grow up and quickly put like what we need to do in front of everything else. And for the last five years, watching you be a dad through all of this has been one of the most incredible things for me.
1: Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. I um I, I think we just went into survival mode. Um and you know i never thought that this day would come you know i again i'm just an average guy just like you know met my wife at ku went to ku together we met in a restaurant romance move what up restaurant to did you city. meet in? i bartended at old chicago yeah. i'm like the sam malone of lawrence kansas you know <laughs> well you were there for like 20 years <laughs> exactly. weren't you? it's called it's called they're called doctors right? yeah so, right um but yeah and you know you you move to kansas city and like you said you kind of do the get married and have dog have kids have a family and um that's the last thing I was expecting was that cancer diagnosis. So the day it happened, I remember I one of the first calls I made was to our fraternity brother Garrett mm-hmm. who um daughter had leukemia and um you know Eleanor's 11 now and she's thriving. So right. you know I've I'd talked to him before about that and I'd done some of the you know the light the night leukemia walk, you know with their family and stuff right. but never thought that it would impact our family. So one of the, my my first call was to Garrett to say, man, you know, I texted him first because, you know, he's a firefighter. Right? Sure. So I'm like making sure he's not putting so out So it was one day a month he was working, right? right, right. <laughs> and, I, and, then, and then I was like, you know, hey, I texted him. I'm like, I, I had some news. Are you, can we talk, you know? And, um, you know, he kind of walked me through it. And I was like, well, you know, what, what would you tell someone who's in my shoes? And that's one thing I've learned is all these cancers are so different, right? My daughter had eye cancer, which is vastly different than leukemia. So he was giving me advice on, you know, the drug regimen and when they get their port installed. Well, Callan never got a port installed. Her, she had a different therapy. But um, you know, when one of my second calls was to my HR department, our insurance. I was like, Am I covered? What is what does this mean for mm-hmm. us? You know, and um, you know, thankfully we were, but it's a little it's we're in a unique spot as you know, because we go all of Callan's health primary healthcare um is it takes place in Philadelphia. So you know, we've got a kiddo that's fighting cancer. I wish I was driving down the road to the hot. I don't wish I was going to these appointments at all. Right. But um, it's hard enough fighting childhood cancer. And it's really challenging when you're boarding a plane and booking hotel rooms and parking and eating and those types of things that are involved with that, with uh, travel to, to Philly for her treatments.
0: What, what, what is eye cancer? Because I never heard of it until I heard about you guys, you know, and, and, yeah. and Callan getting eye cancer. Like, eye cancer? I, that's That right. sounds very rare and, and yeah. unique.
1: Yeah, her cancer is called retinoblastoma. It is very rare. It's a pediatric eye cancer. I think there's three hundred new cases a year. Oh wow, um, there's two versions. There's a genetic version, and then there's another one that's just sporadic. just bad luck. I mean luckily, she has the the bad luck version of it, meaning that she's not at risk of passing it on to her children um and things of that sort so so, yeah, it's the first time I'd heard about it. I was definitely not thinking that our lovely eye doctor in Kansas City that you know my oldest daughter would had gone to her. Um, that a cancer diagnosis is even something that would a uh, eye doctor would you know say those words? It's cancer. Mm-hmm. I was not waiting for her to say that. I was like, "Hey, where's our eye drops to make this go away so we can go home?" And um, so yeah, it's called retinoblastoma. And um, when we were diagnosed, our doctor, uh, Doctor Trudy Grin, who has since retired, um, here in Kansas City, she's a great doctor. Um, she said, "Hey, if it were my kid, and I had the ability and the means." this is where I would go. And she wrote on a post-it note, Dr. Carol Shields, Will's Eye, Philadelphia. And so um, by the end of that day, her office said, hey, can you be in Philadelphia next week at 8 a.m.? So we got diagnosed on a Monday. The following Monday at 8 a.m., we were in Philadelphia. That's how fast it happened. So um, as luck would have it, like the story is kind of a, a miracle, but. Dr. Grin here in Kansas City, she did her fellowship at Will's Eye Hospital in Philly. um, And one of her classmates was Carol Shields. So she knew immediately that, hey, this person that I went to school with is one of the leading ocular oncologists in the world. And this is where you should go. We didn't have any of that lapse of, well, let me, it's such a rare cancer. Let me research it. Where should you go? You know, which place was the best for you. She knew that instant. And by the end of that day, they got us an appointment there a following week.
0: So. What was that week like when the, from the week she's diagnosed? Now you got an entire week to wake before you go see the specialist in Philadelphia. What yeah. was that week like as a dad?
1: Um, it was very dark. I, uh, my wife and I joke, like I, I call it the spin cycle where we didn't know what was up. Uh, literally we didn't know which way was up. You feel like you're in a fog. Um, we have a big kitchen Island. It's a big square and I felt like I was just kind of walking around the island and just pushing my coffee around and I'm like, what am I doing? I've walked around this island 50 times. I literally kind of felt like I just wanted to paint our windows black on our house and just kind of be shut in, you know? Um, it got tremendously better. We we kind of, since my brother-in-law had just gotten married and was on his honeymoon in Europe, had to be very careful we didn't want to ruin his honeymoon and sure. say hey yeah the flower girl in your wedding your niece you know just got diagnosed with cancer have a great time in italy right so we were very phased and how we had to message it and kind of keep it quiet so that word didn't get to them um, but i will say it got tremendously better i think by thursday of that week we kind of knew what was going to be in store for us my wife started she emailed her girlfriends in the neighborhood and things like that. And then once once we started to open up and share what was going on, all of our friends and family came over to the house and you never know what to do for someone who gets a diagnosis like that, but they were, you know, she we knew we were going to Philly and so they were bringing coloring books and things to take on planes and the love and the warmth of your your friends and your family made it tremendously better. But those first few days were were really dark
0: yeah um, I would imagine they yeah. have to be like like who do you lean on who do you talk to what do you do in that type of situation and yeah. you know you don't just have one kid you got two you got a wife you got yeah. the rest of the family to get involved what were they all
1: going through at that time um you know so our oldest um she had had some eye procedures done before so we told her that you know Callan has an an owie in her eye or something like that and sure. you know we were gonna go get it fixed um you know, interestingly, one of our 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 very very first call uh, when we got the diagnosis. Remember TJ Pugh played basketball yeah, at sure. KU? Yeah. He was there when you were there, right? right? Yeah. 99. The he's a doctor everywhere. now, though, right? That's, Isn't he? Exactly. Yeah. He um he my wife's my brother in law is best friends with TJ. He was in the wedding that we were attending. Gotcha. And yeah, he's uh, he works at the CU Oncology you know, Colorado Cancer Centers. At that time, he was down at. Um, What is it called uh the one in houston there's a big um, md anderson Anderson in houston and so um he was literally our very first call and um you know when you got a friend who's an oncologist and you you make the call to him and he was great you know he told us at the time he said this is going to be harder on you than it is on her Mm -hmm. little kids are resilient they're amazing i think once he told us that it kind of put me at ease because um you know i've never i've never had any surgeries at all i've never been put under anesthesia once um, she has been put under anesthesia twenty nine times now. Oh my god! Twenty nine times, and she's she's seven. She'll be eight in um, October.
0: Twenty nine times. times,
1: you know, for an MRI because all of her appointments they call them an eval under anesthesia, right? So they put she put her under so they can really look into her eye or if they're doing MRI or something like that. But she's been under anesthesia 29 times in her life, and she's five. That's unbelievable. I've only
0: been under anesthesia once. and It was a a month ago for a colonoscopy, which, by the way, you need to get in there and get your colon looked at, too, okay? okay. Okay. I'm going to make you get in there. I'm going to drag everybody across (laughs) the finish line on that one because it is very important, as you know, and as you get older... You start to realize I'm living for my kids, and, right. and I got to do what's best for them. And so, like from a dad's perspective, because I think you know a lot of us that listen to this are are, are dads. Yeah. You know, h- how did you by yourself when you were away from the family? How did you handle this diagnosis? Because we see a lot of childhood cancer cases right here in Kansas City all the time, and people don't know what to do.
1: Right? Yeah, it's um that's a kind of a slippery one. You have to. <laughs> Be careful. There, so, there's a lot of social media groups that are out there that I didn't know existed, mm-hmm. right? You know, parents of kids with cancer and specific groups on Facebook for her type of cancer. I'd recommend staying off of those. That's, I didn't really get any value out of that. It actually made things worse. I bet it did. I think, yeah. You would go and you'd see other people's stories that weren't very fortunate, you know. Um, for me, you know, someone gave us some advice make sure you take care of yourselves. So, um, you know, we signed up for, um, one of those places that gives you like an hour massage right mm-hmm. we signed up for like a membership to do that to just kind of get some time where um because it's easy to just put all your focus in your kids as you should but you got to make sure that you're taking care of yourself as well um, so yeah my wife and i stayed really connected um religion became you know it was important to us before it became significantly more important to us because it was one way that we could um, you know connect and have that time going to church so that was that was something that was important and Luckily, I I worked uh, with some great people at the time and a great company and so, you know, had a lot of support then. So I I think I had one of the best work years of my life that year. Um, I think I just kind of really focused and maybe you're like, hey, I need to (laughs) produce so that I can have this job, so I can take care of my family, so we have insurance, so we can fuel all this stuff. I didn't want it to, you know, detract from my performance. So Mm -hmm. I think work actually helped me. Um, you know just when the kids were asleep and you're just powering through and doing some things like that
0: so so you you're getting the diagnosis in, in 2014 and here we sit 2019 five years later yeah everything seems to be moving in the right direction with Callan now right like there's no like drawbacks there's no kind of relapses there's nothing like it's been kind of taken care of right yeah um, are you ever
1: cured I guess you know yeah so um so she so she was deemed in remission in 2015 in March of 2015, so it happened pretty quickly. That's fast, yeah. And so she had some revolutionary targeted treatments. Not all pediatric cancer kiddos get that. That's why I went to Philadelphia. So she um, got some great treatment. We were kind of what we thought was on our victory lap. It was um, the summer of 2017. She literally was like 800 days cancer free, and we were going to Philly for kind of air quote checkup. And the next day, we were going to take a train to D.C. and tour Washington, D.C. and all that stuff. And, you know, we brought our oldest with us. We were going to go on a family vacation, make make positive out of traveling to Philly, you know, check the box. And and then they said, hey, her cancer's back or we're mm-hmm. seeing new growth in her tumor. And that literally was a gigantic gut punch. Like, like I said, we were on our victory lap. We thought this was in our rearview mirror. And so on that day, they said, hey, we're going to do this new treatment. I mean, they came in and they told us the bad news and they said, here's what's going to happen. We got you a room at the Hilton Garden Inn. You're going to be checking in. They know you're coming. Here's your rate. You guys are going to stay there for five days. Um, we are putting this thing. It's called a, a radioactive plaque. It looks like a, a penny and some physicist puts these radioactive pellets in there and they put it under her eye um, and a kind of a radioactive shield in, over her eye for five days. We were quarantined in this hotel room. We would sneak out for happy hour at mm-hmm. five o'clock. Of course, like any good family should do. Right, um, but my daughter, oldest daughter was she daughter in the hospital or was she with you at the time in the in the hotel room? She was with us in the hotel room. So they they inserted this uh, this radioactive plaque the next morning. Uh-huh. Then we Ubered over to the Hilton Garden Inn. Well, we moved our luggage across town. You know, we were one Marriott to the Hilton. Um, checked in. Well, that screws and, you in your Marriott. And, yeah, points. And, no, I know mean, my points went south because yeah. I'm a you know very very loyal Marriott guy. And um and so yeah so we were court you know stayed in this hotel room they're like hey try and keep big sister like six feet away and and it's like it's not going to in run a home. hotel
0: room how right. is that possible yeah,
1: exactly so lots of board games lots of diners drives and dives and um you know that type of thing and and so then they went back at the end of the five days they removed the plaque we came back in six weeks and she was cancer free again mm. so it it worked there were some drawbacks with that therapy um it you know you put a basically a nuclear reactor in her eye. Um, so she's right now we're kind of battling. She's got some fluid and some bleeding and her vision's not great. I'll take not great vision to be cancer free, obviously. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, she's healthy. She's on as heck. She, you know, was on the swim team this summer, plays soccer, plays basketball, great student, smart kid. Um, but yeah, we'll be going back to Philly to see if we can maybe get this, if the fluid will clear up on its own or if we need to do some surgeries to maybe help clear it up. So maybe we can get some improved vision out of it. So knock on wood, you know, the three goals when they got this diagnosis was save her life, save her eye, save her vision. So, you know, she save her life. Mm-hmm. Right now we've got her eye, knock on wood and, um, you know, vision, they're trying to see if we can improve it. Right. So, okay. uh, but yeah, we have been to Philadelphia 17 times since that diagnosis. Um, it's like our second home. It's our, you know, the city of brotherly love is, uh, has been good to us and, it's uh you know, I know the city that threw snowballs at Santa Claus. People think of us like kind of a crazy city, Yeah. But. You know, it's from a healthcare standpoint it's been great it's a fantastic place my sister lives there and I
0: don't think I've been there 17 times right. let alone seven times right. you know to Philadelphia yeah. did, so you grew up close there? I did North Jersey yeah okay. but, you know more of a New York than a, than a Philadelphia okay. type thing but my sister went to the University of Pennsylvania and okay. so just kind of you know stayed as you know, most people do when they go to college just kind of stay where they are and right she lives there and you know works in the Philadelphia School District and whatnot and okay. so so yeah so I know, like you, you talk about Philadelphia all the time I'm like oh yeah I know everything you're doing it's a great city it really is there's so
1: much to see from a historical standpoint too have you gotten a chance to actually enjoy the city yeah we have um quite a bit you know there were some times where we would have a procedure done on a wednesday thursday and then we'd have to have a follow-up procedure that monday tuesday so you're staying there through the weekend so you know my girls have done it all the betsy ross house and you know continental congress and the liberty bell and all that so we've We've taken um, all that in for sure. So, yeah, it's been a good city. Good, good food city. You go
0: to great eating town. Yeah. One yeah. of the best in America, if yeah. not the best eating cities in, yeah. in America. All right. So, with bad always comes good. I mean, you can yeah. really embrace the bad. You can, you can sulk or you can find ways to do good. And you guys found ways to do good almost immediately. How, how quickly into Callan's diagnosis did you realize, all right, we got to start something here to give back? How How quickly did that all happen for you guys?
1: Um, so, yeah, it's kind of funny how fate puts you in touch with certain people and your life and, mm-hmm. and you just kind of you connect and things happen. So one, so we live in that kind of Blue Valley Southwest School District. So Blue Valley Southwest was doing a basketball game and they were wanting to honor childhood people that are fighting pediatric cancer. So somehow through social media we were connected with this is going on. would you want to submit a picture of Callen and they're going to put it on a banner and we'd like you to come to the game and we literally were coming back from philadelphia and i was like man i don't know if i want to go to this like think about it, we're kind of blowing it off right but it's it's a mile away from our house so we went and there we met um delise hofen who's the founder of braden's hope her son is braden mm-hmm. the charity's named after and we had an immediate connection with her like instant like my wife and her like we're lifelong you know they just seemed like lost souls right um so Delise, you know, some of the things that Brains Hope does is they do these calendar shoots with the Royals and the Chiefs and Sporting KC. And they're like, you know, so she invited us to do that. She's like, yeah, I'll put you on our list. And so we got to do a Royals calendar shoot with uh, Lorenzo Kane, which nice. was awesome. Yeah. And then, of course, the cooler for year, you probably. Than yes, Cali, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> man, can I, you know, so it was great. And um, we've done several of them. We've um, but so so that so that we kind of got connected to the charity that way. And then we started attending some of their fundraisers. It wasn't until they have a a big gala uh-huh. every year, and uh, we went to their gala the first year. Um, we just just my wife and I went. We didn't really know what to expect. Callen's picture was on the centerpiece of our table, so I sit down and I'm literally like, "Oh man, okay, this is a Kleenex moment." Like we're here to raise money for childhood cancer, and my kiddo's picture is on the centerpiece of this table. Um, the next year we came back to the gala. We brought tons of family and friends because it just it. You know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, Bob, but when you see them talking about pediatric cancer, they show these videos of these kids, and then they present a check. The smart people come on stage, and they say, hey, this doctor's at Children's Mercy KU Cancer Centers, and they give them the publisher's clearinghouse check. I could literally, you know, it was like I told my wife, I'm like, this is the best charity event I've ever been to because I can connect the dots, right? right? Here's the cause, and here's where the money's going to these people, and it's staying here in Kansas City. I think it was after our second gala that my wife said, Hey, we're going to do something. We're going to do a golf tournament. And you know, over cocktail hour, I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. The next morning she was asking me like, who should be on our committee? How would we go about doing this? And I'm like, Oh man, you're serious. You're serious she's about like, this. Yeah. yeah. She's like, yeah. And then my wife, you know, she played volleyball at KU. She's a driven individual and she gets her mind on something and gosh, darn it. We're doing it. So yeah, we've, uh, we're coming up on our third annual golf tournament that we've done and we did a couple other um charity events something that came you know like a, a fraternity brother had something that was too good to pass up um opportunity that we've kind of bolted onto it but our big thing that we do is you know we try and just do a really really good golf tournament um and raise some money and um really kind of share the word that pediatric cancer is vastly underfunded Mm -hmm. and it's the number one killer by disease of of our children 18 and under cancer is the number one culprit that takes our children away from us and they get that's vastly underfunded they get you know four percent of the national institute of health cancer funding goes to childhood cancer so Mm -hmm. big problem not enough funding so we're just spreading that word um and raising money and money we get from our charity we give straight to braden's hope that's the charity that inspired us and Braden's hope, um, they turn around and they give it to um, you know states here in Kansas City,
0: and and that's the, that four percent number is, has been like sticking with me forever because yep. originally I was introduced to pediatric cancer with the Wilson family yep. and Noah's Bandage Project, and and you hear that number of four percent, and you think to yourself, why? Why is it only four percent? Why is that number so low? Why isn't it growing? Why is it becoming bigger? Because it seems like you know investing and saving the lives of children. Is a good thing. Why are we only giving four percent of the cancer dollars in this country to to pediatric cancer?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I think it's just like anything with pharmaceuticals; it's a numbers game. Where's the profit? More, you know. I think if you look at, it... not that sad though that like we, we treat
0: yeah. medicine like a business and yeah. and, and where we're going to make the most profit? I think yeah. it's, I think it's bullshit.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, you know, I actually it's funny because last night I saw the Wilsons. We were at. Um, I don't I don't know if this was really gotten out. I know you had um the new mayor. Was, he was the he wasn't mayor yet when he was on your pod. No, right? not yet. Yeah. Um we need to get him out there. But I, I attended this event at Children's Mercy last night. It was called like a beam signing. We signed a, a, a literally a steel I beam that went into it's called the um Children's Research Institute, C R I. So it's this have you heard about this? Mm. Okay. I don't think anyone's heard about this. So if you look on the, I think it's the north side behind Children's Mercy downtown, there's this gigantic, beautiful glass building, nine-story building, and they are the Hall family and the Sunderland family uh, both pledged $75 million each, so $150 million, to fund this joint kind of venture at Children's Mercy, this Cancer Research Institute. So we took a tour of it, and they're going to have like this world-class lab. Um, so I think, you know getting the word the word out that Children's Mercy, KU Cancer Centers and the Stowers Institute, we really have this powerhouse here in Kansas City to kind of turn that trend around so that, you know, people are, you know, we could serve right in the middle of the country, right? Mm-hmm. And we've got all these great resources here.
0: Well, it so. seems like Kansas City's kind of becoming the maybe that's because we live here, but it seems like it's becoming like the epicenter for children's cancer and and I guess the revolt against everybody else to say, "Hey, we're we're solving children's cancer in right. this town."
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the Last thing I want is for more families to have to fly to Philadelphia for their treatment. Right. You know? And if we've got these cutting edge research and institute that Children's Mercy is uh, putting in right now that I think it'll be open. And I think they said 2021 is what they're targeting. But, Bob, this place is amazing. And it's nine stories and a t- seven, eight and nine floors. They're just keeping wide open just for future growth. And they're putting one of the best in class labs, I guess, right now with some of the T cells that they get at children's, they send them to Texas, like a Baylor, Scott and white, and they send them back. And so now they're going to have these capabilities to, you know, give information and turn it around faster right here in this one lab in, in Kansas city. So it's, it's really exciting. So um, that again, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but when I was like, okay, this is the building we're going to help fund research that's going on in here. And I'm, you know, I, I'm just I'm just a dude like to just throws a golf tournament. I'm not like some hey look at me type of you know. Mm-hmm. But um, it is pr- something that the Kansas City is really jumping on with, and it's uh, it's pretty exciting.
0: So. And, and I think too in in this whole process of you dealing with childhood cancer, it kind of like makes you a different person than you really thought you were. Like on September 14th, 2014, did you have any care about giving back or concern about any of this kind of stuff like you yeah. do today?
1: um no i'm yeah. i'm ashamed to answer that but like the the this has definitely given us a passion and a f- fuel and a cause like you know i i would think now if someone were to ask me back that day before this diagnosis you know what charity are you most passionate about i i didn't have one you know i now not that i was some cheapskate you know any kid that comes and knocks on my door They're getting, I'm a sucker, right? right? Whatever. You're selling candy bars, you're, and you like to eat candy candy bars. Let's let's call it what it is. So I'm that guy. I'll buy, you know, but, you know, one where you're actively participating or you're volunteering hours. I mean, I know when we were at KU, um, our fraternity, we got involved with Special Olympics. Mm -hmm. It was mandatory that we went. Um, When I did it, I got more out of it than I think that the athletes, I was like, man, this is great. But I just didn't have something that, you know, really fueled me. This, you know, my daughter going through this, our family going through this, you know, has obviously hit home in a in a big way, and it's you know, I mean, it, it has fueled our passion so much that my wife has gone to work for Braden's Hope. I mean, she was volunteering there a ton, and their board said, "Hey, let's see if we can bring this gal on full time." So she's their second paid employee, yeah, and she goes around, and it's been cool this summer because she's been there a month now that she can actually take our girls to work with her, you know, and she goes around and thanks sponsors and, you know, spreading hope around Kansas city. That's kind of their mission. So, um, yeah, so it it, is definitely flipped and kind of given us a, um, a new fuel and something that we're passionate.
0: Well, it's crazy because I'm in the same boat as you, you remember the exact day when you started to say, okay, these things in life are a lot more important. And I had kind of one of those moments as well. And it, it happened probably right after that, World Series run by the Royals. I got involved with some folks that were using the Royals as like a way to, to battle cancer and dealing with things in, in their everyday life. And the in the World Series happened, the World Series went... And then in January of 2015, John McCarthy, who was running at the time a different foundation than he's with right now. He was running Charlie's house at the time. He's running team smile says, mm-hmm. I want you to, to, to dance for us in this dancing with the stars right, competition right, right. for the BMA foundation. I go, I have no idea what this is all about and had the opportunity to sit down with Jerry Anselmo, who runs the BMA foundation and talk to him and just had one of those moments. And it, it's changed my life and I don't have a child that suffered from anything. Right. I it just changed my life from the people that I met. So I can't even imagine being in your shoes, Mike, and going, holy crap, man, like my kid had cancer and my life has drastically changed and I'm a completely different person now because of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I went to that, the last one that you emceed, that BMA Foundation, mm-hmm. did a great job. That was really Thank cool. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's it's just, you know, it, I I think that, I don't want to say it happened for a reason, but it definitely gave us purpose mm-hmm. in what we've done and we've had, you know, a tremendous more blessings have come out of this diagnosis you know we were granted a make-a-wish trip i never in a million years thought that would happen i almost was like you know i don't know if we would qualify you know but there's no financial back it's like if your child is facing a life-threatening illness one of our doctors filled out an app you know re- filled out an application or nominated us and met with the the make-a-wish folks and they came to our house and did a huge reveal and we went to disney world and it was a it was a time where we needed it as a family, mm-hmm. my youngest, you know, Callan, and then her older sister, Taylor, as well. Because sometimes, you know, they call them super siblings. You know, the the brother or sister or sisters and brothers, you know, they get left out a lot, especially us, because we had to travel to Philadelphia. So were there were times where we were leaving her, not knowing when we were coming back. You're going to stay here with Grandma and Grandpa and, um, yeah, I mean, one of my toughest conversations was with her. I had missed the daddy daughter dance. <sighs> oh man, that crushed. Now we flipped it around. Grandpa got to take her uh-huh. and grandpa has never smiled so big in his life, but that was a tough conversation. Like I, I was like, man, is there a way I can fly back and then fly back? You know, cause it was one of those times we had to stay over a weekend. I was like, can I catch a Friday or Saturday flight and join her and then fly back to Philly? Just didn't work out. Luckily grandpa stepped in and saved the day. Um that was tough. So um but yeah, it's um you know, I'm gonna be this is you're not gonna believe this story, but I am gonna be officiating a guy's wedding next month that was our basically Cal's anesthetist or anesthesiologist in Philly. Like we met through that. The guy was wearing a West Virginia school cap, you know, the nurse's cap or whatever you call him. And I was you know, we had this K U West Virginia connection. Mm-hmm and you know it's like oh man you should come out for a football game and he's like yeah I'd love to I've never been to Lawrence and so he took me up on it and they came out then he's come out to like two big 12 tournaments since then and we've got to know him so yeah all these relationships charities that are now important to us people that we've met along the way it's been it's been a real it's very humbling but it's been a tremendous blessing again it's taken you know not the best diagnosis and the best news in the world and You know, God, I wish I was the one undergoing anesthesia 29 times and not Mm -hmm. my, you know, girl who's now seven. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's worked out.
0: So, so so through all of this, you mentioned a lot of cool things. What was the coolest experience you guys had through all of this? Because you got a chance to be like, I mean, Royals, the Chiefs, sporting, you know, the, the Disney trip. I mean, so many, your wife got a great job out of the deal. Like, like, what's been the, what's been the best thing that you got to experience?
1: Um, I think the best thing that we got to experience was taking advantage of going to Philadelphia. So we were, you know, like I said, we've been there 17 times, right, over the last five years. So we're going, what's that, three times a year minimum, Mm -hmm. right, Um, my old boss lived on the East Coast and he was like, Mike, you gotta go to New York, go to Washington, D.C., do some of this stuff. And I was like, "Yeah, I don't know. So. You know, I we flew to Philly, and I was I was talking to him. I'm like, well, okay. I Google mapped how long it would take me to drive from Philly to New York. I could rent a car, and he's like, no, you're an idiot. He's like, you live in Kansas. He's like, you take the train. Take the train. I'm like, I don't know how to take the train. What do you mean? He's like, go on Amtrak.com, book it. So I think that was one of the best things. Is one of our trips to Philly. She got a good prognosis. We hopped on an Amtrak. We went to New York. We stayed at the. The, Mar- the Marriott, did they sponsor the Bobcats? Well, well uh,
0: Tammy from the West, and they're a Bonvoy property <laughs> yeah, now, so yeah, we got yeah, it all exactly. taken care
1: of. Exactly. So, um, you know, we stayed at the Marriott in Times Square, did the whole Central Park, did a Broadway show. what you uh, see? called Lion King. Yeah. Um, Callan fell asleep at the end of it, you know. So whatever you paid for, I don't know, it was like hundreds of dollars a ticket. And, yep expensive right and uh so but we saw it when it came back to kansas city i think that was probably the best one is it's take taking the advantage of family time and doing the dc trip the new york trip and man my kids they love the train i love the train I was it's a like, great way to travel Yeah, Lee. we took it to chicago from here i love that bring your own booze on board right exactly <laughs> apparently terrorists don't hijack trains right? right so they there's no you just walk on the train i think they take your ticket after you're going down the track yep um, yes, we had some le- leftover boxed wine from our hotel room that my wife put in her bag and, you know, we're drinking it. The mm-hmm. Wi-Fi connection is pretty strong. They got a food and beverage cart. And the seats are real comfortable, and we were almost disappointed when they were like, "Up, oh, you're here," because it was a it's a great way to travel. It
0: really is. Like, I want to go west, and and Jen is like, "I'm not doing that." I'm like, "Why?" Right. Two days on the train would be outstanding. Yeah, and then you think two days versus two hours is a big difference, you right?
1: Know? Right. Yeah. No, it it is great. I wish that you know, growing up in New Jersey, you're probably super way more accustomed to it than the. Than I am again. The, the the kid from Kansas was like, I don't, "How do you get bored a train?" But yeah, Amtrak app made it happen. I He's remember still.
0: when I went to Ku,
1: my mother's like, "Why don't you just get the train into the city?" I'm like, "That doesn't really exist, I don't think." Right. So is, is this um, is this super bullet going to happen between Kansas City and St. Louis? What are thing? they calling
0: that the Hyperloop? Yeah, twenty seconds on the train and that you're would- there or something. <laughs> i don't <laughs> what would do you think about that i would love it man yeah. i think that would be awesome it, i'd use it all the time run over there and you know see a hockey game or something people from there right. can come over here and watch real sports you yes. know and, yeah. and and you know watch football and things of that nature i think it would i think it would be kind of really bring the cities together if we I had know. something like it, that it, it, as long as the price point was good like if they're charging you five hundred dollars right. to use it screw that right
1: but. yeah no i'd be i'd be all in on that as long as the thing doesn't you know derail off the hyperbole well, that's but, the, that's the you chance know. you're taking yeah right? I, if you could be in st louis lickety split that would be a that'd be a cool thing so,
0: what yeah. do you want to ask me
1: um well, who's your most downloaded podcast oh i don't know i'd have to
0: check that out i would imagine bill self was probably that's right. that's one, was one of the one of the I most do downloaded podcasts well, I, I appreciate do great, that great stuff
1: yeah the bill self one probably was yeah you know good next time you interview him can i go with you i i do you do you have like you're big time. You have his number in your cell phone. Yeah. You, do you text him? No, no. I leave him alone. I yeah. don't. I don't like to do that. Like I don't like to bother people. Have you, you ever know. had a beer with him?
0: Uh, yeah. oh uh, yeah. Ah, let's go. Yeah, I got a cool picture of my my daughter waiting on him, pretending like she's the waitress and taking his order. So oh man, that's, that's great. That's one of my good ones. Yeah,
1: my my thing with you is I just think that like when people meet you, they have to be like. Hey, there's my friend Bob because you listen to him every day and you're the you set the tone of Kansas City in the mornings people are going to work. Do people do that when they first meet you or like try and like give you a hug or say hey bro don't you don't you know me like you're you're this, it's, it's amazing you're how in many my times, life yeah you're in my life Bob like don't hey it's me Mike I listen every day it's you know? it's amazing
0: how many people come up to you and just start having conversations like you know exactly who they are with right. social media yes, and, and exactly. the whole radio type thing you develop you know these types of relationships and you know we've had people tell us you know we we've saved their lives and things like that like really heartfelt stories about what we do and so sometimes you wonder am I making a difference out here but for a lot of people you Yeah, it really is a big part of of what they do. It takes them out of reality, too,
1: man. I mean, nobody
0: wants to deal with the day-to-day realities. They want to escape that, and that's what kind of we try to do every morning.
1: Yeah, no, you do a great job. I, um, I know we're friends. I was kind of shocked when you texted me and said, any interest in coming on the podcast? I thought, well, do you need me to plug in something for you? Or you actually want to talk to me. Yeah, you know, well, it's about people who dude. do great
0: things for Kansas City. And yeah. I think you guys are doing great things for Kansas City. You know, with, with your golf tournament, and the tie-in to Braden Soap, the, the bringing awareness, I think we need to continue to push and, and continue to let people know how underfunded childhood cancer research really is so people understand. And to throw that 4% number
1: out there, I think is so big for people to realize man we're not funding this the right way yeah i think that like i said that event i attended last night i think that kansas city is about ready to become a big player in this whole space it's going to be i know that's one thing i like about you is that you're a big advocate for the city mm-hmm. you know you're not just sports stats guy you know you talk about airport downtown baseball sprint center all that kind of stuff and, and as well as healthcare um, I think that this is going to be something. And, you know, that's going to draw more smart people to the area who want to be part of this research facility and can really make things happen. And right here in in KC, just one more feather in our cap. So. All right. What's next for Callen? Callen starts school tomorrow. She is going to be in second grade. She got um, the teacher that that she wanted. Big deal big, when you get that tip. Big huge. deal. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. she's like, I really want Miss Geist. And so Miss Geist came through. So we got Miss Geist. So yeah, we start school tomorrow, which is going to be that's always a challenge. You know, you've got two girls yeah. too, right? Like well, I don't know bed.
0: because I'm gone by the time they wake up yeah. and get going. I've yeah. never had to take them to school. Oh, that's <laughs> right. I,
1: mean, I mean, Yeah, yeah. So they just, yeah. Okay. But I hear from my wife every day. It's a real pain in the ass getting these kids out every morning. They're right. fighting,
0: they're yelling, they're screaming, you right. know, doing
1: what kids do. Yeah, it's amazing. My daughter is so strong when she goes to Philly to fight cancer. Like she'll just walk back there Know she's not going to get her anesthesia, but if you say like go put on your shoes or go brush your teeth, then it's a whole other story. Oh, so it's tough. who Who's your Who's your uh Who's your guest that you want to have on the pod? Who's the person you haven't had on? yet? The
0: person I well I, Sly James I think is, is somebody yeah. I'm going to set up, and now that he's got you know whole god of free time, <laughs> not right. being mayor yeah. anymore, so uh, he'll be on in in a couple oh, of weeks. Cool. I'll,
1: I'll talk to him. He's hopefully got a breakout, right? he does. I got it
0: too. Dayton Moore actually sent it to me for some stuff I did with him, yeah. and it started reading it. It's a pretty good read. You need so to far. ask
1: him about being in fraternity. Yeah, I will. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, see if he'll see if he well don't let out too many fraternity secrets. No, we can't. can't do that at all. And yeah.
0: and then, you know, I haven't set up Dayton Moore yet. And and that's oh, yeah. one where I don't want to talk anything about baseball with Dayton. I just want to talk about life because he's got such a great perspective and way of approaching life. Like you talk about people who have changed your life, Dayton Moore is one of those guys for me. Just watching the way that he wow. lives and goes about his business, it's really had a big impact on my life. Yeah.
1: I I like what they're doing with uh, baseball, you know, down for the, the youth program. Yeah, the it's Urban Youth Academy. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's unbelievable. That's great. Have you have you tried to, Tom Watson?
0: You know, we did like a couple of weeks ago, and he, he's out of town doing something or, yeah. or something. You know, he's. I'd be interested right
1: to hear his take on, because back in the day, like the, the emergency room at Children's Mercy is like the Tom Watson emergency room. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would love to hear his take and what he's seeing with going on. And, you know, again, tying it back to. I think Watson would be a great guest too. He would be. So any other suggestions? No, but I wanna I want to attend a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> if not, I will be an active listener on the K C Bobcast. Well they so. all take place in this room, so yeah. <laughs> here it is. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah. Special. Yeah.
0: Thanks for coming on.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. Again, I'm just a guy, but I uh, appreciate you uh, what you're doing in Kansas City. I'm seriously a fan of your work and I think a lot of people in your space, um, they get these big egos because people call them for four hours a day asking their opinion, and their heads get inflated. You take the opposite. You uh, you know, have great, great character. I like the energy you bring to the city. We need you, man. In the morning, we need you to either go on a rant or tell us everything's going to be okay.
0: Well, as you can see, Mike and his family are doing so much to help children with childhood cancer. Just check out BradensHope.org for finding out ways that you can help Callen and Bradens Hope move forward and fun research for childhood cancer right here in Kansas City. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.